listening to the Fitness Essentials Podcast powered by Essential of Athletics, the podcast for people just like you looking for the best fitness, sports performance, strength, and conditioning information possible. From strength gain to fat loss, rehab to prehab, sports to lifestyle, the Fitness Essentials Podcast has everything. Remember, not only to subscribe to this podcast, but also check out our Essential of Athletics YouTube channel for more exciting information-packed videos and working advice, training tips, exercise techniques, and so much more. Welcome to the Fitness Essentials Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Fitness Essentials Podcast. I'm your host, Roar Alexander, and as always, or at least I should say most of the time, I am here with... Coach Adam Colorado. Coach Adam Colorado. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm good. Yourself? I am very good. It's so exciting. Here we are in another episode making fitness dreams come true. Oh, sun's out. Guns out, right? Oh, you know what? Finally. <laughs> finally. Got that weather back. Yeah. But before we get into today's episode, I just would like to thank our two sponsors. Number one sponsor I'd like to thank is ourselves. Uh, with the EOA School of Fitness. So if you're looking to become a fitness professional or you are a fitness professional, the EOA School of Fitness offers certifications and specialty CEC courses guaranteed to make you more cash, make you a better trainer, make you a god amongst men and women within your gym. <laughs> That's one way to put it. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. So we got there. Of course, our NEFC uh, internationally recognized personal trainer certification, of course, fully ins uh, insurable with liability through Sport Fitness Canada, Canada's biggest liability fitness, professional fitness insurance provider. And as well, of course, our own current three specialty courses. Your own... Strong AF Strong course. Strong AF level All about one. the barbell. All about the barbell. Master many of those big barbell movements, the level one course, because there is going to be eventually level twos and threes. Mm -hmm. um, we'll... You know, we'll talk about those when they come up. No point in talking about them now. The PCSS course, which is Performance Conditioning and Strength Specialist, which is a really fun two-day course. I've sold out in Asia many times, and we are finally bringing it over to Canada. And Adam has actually been coming with me to the Philippines to teach that this summer, so that'll be Can't exciting. wait. Oh, yeah. It's going to be crazy, I think. And then, of course, uh, Fight Fitness Kickboxing Level 1 Coach. So all those available at the AOA, EOA School of Fitness, and uh, those will be on our website very very soon as well. We'd also like to thank Radiant Health Saunas. In my opinion, and in my educated and vastly experienced opinion when it comes to saunas, the absolute cleanest, greenest, and leanest, that's not really a thing, but, <laughs> but definitely the cleanest and the greenest infrared saunas money can buy. Uh, founder Randy Gom has done something like a 100-point inspection. I mean, he's even checked this thing for EMFs, chemicals, any sort of off-gassing. This thing is as clean as it gets because he is passionate about clean saunas. And, of course, if you decide to call him uh, and check it out, because you can't just order them on the website, you have to call, uh, mention that you heard about it through, you know, Royal Alexander, myself, or through the Fitness Essentials podcast, and you will get $500 off any wooden model. And don't forget, if you're thinking, hey, I must need some kind of special electricity for that, the one-person and two-person models plug directly into any normal household plug. So that is pretty awesome. No special wiring needed. So you got anything else you'd like to add to that, Adam? No. I'm no, good right there. Adam's good to go. <laughs> All right. So today we have four topics, uh, questions that have been sent in through our various social medias and some of them that we've just been asked about and spoken about in the gym as we talk to customers and mostly people in our classes. So number one is 
building real abs. Because somebody was asking me the other day, they were like all about this, you know, high rep abs. And they're saying, what's the best ab routine? They follow all these ones on YouTube and they, you know, they see all the ab classes. And they're kind of asking us why we don't have, you know, like quote unquote ab classes. The truth is, you know, a lot of the stuff you see out there in the real world, like, like on the videos and all that and the Instagram, it, it's just absolute nonsense. Would you agree with that? I mean, the quickest way to get abs is Photoshop. That's number one. hundred um, percent. Second way. <laughs> we'll get to that, though. <laughs> now, you had a little saying that we were kind of debating a little bit earlier. Well, not too much debating, but we're going to take it into more detail. What was your little saying? Yeah, so I said, so abs are made in the kitchen, not the weight room. Mm, that is 50% true. <laughs> now, why do I say that? Okay, so I think what we want to do is we're going to we're going to take this a step deeper. Um, there's the old saying, you know, you can't out-train a bad diet, 100%. If you are training really hard but your diet is not on point, you are not going to see your abs. And we'll talk a little bit about the body fat percentage you have to be at to actually see your abs. And then we'll, we'll kind of decipher and talk about the difference between what kind of abs are you looking for? Cause there, there's a big difference, right? But here's the way I tell it to people. Abs are uncovered in the kitchen, but they are built in the weight room. This is the thing. Have you ever seen anybody, um, for instance, I'll give you my friend, Alain, um, you know, one championship heavyweight fighter, super huge, super jacked dude. I mean, like his abs are like an inch thick, like the set, like it's crazy. But here's the thing. Every single one of us right now has a six pack of abs. If you could burn off all the fat, like let's say you could all get down to 9% body fat right now. All of you would have some variation of abs. However, some people's abs would look more defined they would just have deeper valleys and higher peaks um which kind of leads me to when you look at two different kind of abs what you want to do is you want to focus on the ab muscles because the secret of getting really good sharp abs that really stick out that really kind of play with the lighting and give you that shadow effect that only comes through hypertrophy of the abdominal muscles and, and it's growing that six pack. So the six pack muscles, you know, there's the peaks and there's the valleys and they're deeper. And that is going to be done no different, absolutely no different than if you were trying to get your biceps bigger and your pecs bigger. And that is going to be through periodized and programmed overloaded resistance training. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think a lot of people train at like an endurance muscle. You'll see them doing abs for minutes on end or they'll be doing you know, hundreds and hundreds of reps and they forget about, you know, the grunt work that actually builds those, you know, bricks of, you know, get that six pack, eight pack, whatever you're looking for. And that's going to be putting some resistance on the core. Yeah, like if somebody was to come to you and say, I want to grow my arms, I want to add an inch, inch and a half to my arms, right? Would you say, okay, then take this really, really lightweight and just, I want you to just bicep curl it 300 times. That's the way people train their abs, unfortunately. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You would, you would not do that. No. When it comes to hypertrophy, anytime somebody wants to build muscle, for the most part, we say, okay, what we're looking at is we're going to be looking at a, a pretty good time under tension some pretty good mechanical tension we are going to be basically aiming for that anywhere between 8 and 12 rep range arguably uh, and we're going to be using progressive overload over time just like we did in our in this the hypertrophy 
phase of our EOA class. We went through 12 reps and then 10 reps and then eight reps. Well, it's the exact same with your abs. So you want to focus on exercises that really are going to put a lot of stress on the ab muscles because when a muscle gets under stress, what it does is it adapts by growing against that stress. Now, leading to Adam's next point that he brought up is you'll see people doing these really high intensity and I'm going to change the word a bit. He said these like really high number, high rep ab exercises. I'm going to change that to high rep ab looking exercises. Because what you'll see a lot is you'll see people with absolutely no mind-muscle connection. And what you see almost all the time is a lot of emphasis on the hip flexors, right? You'll see people in the captain's chair, they call it, where they're mm. lifting their legs. But if you notice, there's absolutely no um, engagement of the abdominal muscles. What there is is there's a lot of engagement of the hip flexors and the legs, right? So that's why people always end up getting this like burning hip flexor feeling more than getting in the abs. We got to look at how does the abs, how does it work? The abs job, so the six pack abs job is to basically tilt your chest towards your pelvis. It pulls the chest pelvis up and it pulls your chest towards it so you get this like and you can't see it on the on the where you listen to it but it's kind of like an accordion look right it's bringing it together and it's squeezing it you want to shorten the abs that's how you get the flex right you're going to you're going to go you're going to sit there you're going to you know push really hard and you're going to contract the abdominal muscles and then you would do the same thing say with the obliques you would do some side stuff against resistance getting the obliques firing and putting some real heavy resistance on them you know so that's again why you want to make sure that you are training your abs in kind of that 360 motion but with a lot of focus just like you would hypertrophy using the same numbers like three sets of eight four sets of eight for instance i was guilty and i'm for years, I mean, decades, really, decades of doing a lot of that high rep stuff. You know, across you do those butterfly ones where you're just smacking your arms around. <laughs> um, you'll see people doing like Russian twists. This is another one you see a lot where their back, you know, they're doing like these curl ups, but their back is completely straight. There's absolutely no engagement of the abs whatsoever. They just have this completely straight back. And again, it's just all tension on the hip flexors. So that is what you need to do. So some of the best exercises when it comes to abs are ones that really engage the abdominal muscles. So like I said, making sure, A, you're getting the movement correctly, that you are getting the chest to basically contract down to the pelvis and you're pulling the pelvis up to meet it, causing, creating that U shape. So um, cable, you know the one where you're on your knees and you grab the cables and you do a crunch? I mean, that is probably one of the best ones you can do. Again, it's hard to do it correctly though. And that's one of the problems I had over the few years. I have been toying with that exercise for 20 years. And I was just like, could never quite get it. To, I was just like, it just thing doesn't work. What I was realizing though, is that I was just keeping my back too straight and I wasn't crunching in quite enough. So now I use a, a med ball and I do some other exercises and I do some tweaking. Now I'm actually for, this is the first, well, last year, 2021 is the first year I actually felt those working. Another really good one is the, um, you know, the decline sit-ups. 
Mm-hmm. But you'll see people again all day. They just shoot up with that straight back, right? Again, it's crunching up. It's really curling. Doing what more they call a crunch. It's like a curl and coming up. And again, now what I use now is I actually put a resistance band around me under my arms and I put the resistance band behind me. So as I start to come up, it's actually like somebody is pulling against me. So I can perform a lot less reps, but I get a lot more out of it. So those are two wood choppers is a really good one. But again, making sure you're not just moving through the shoulders and kind of moving through the hips, but you're actually contracting down on the abs. Yeah, weighted crunches, uh, especially with the cables, I, I find standing, that's been probably my go-to um, with that. Um, I also do like the McGill Big 3 just for back health and for just core activation. I think it's incredible. And uh, I'm trying to think. Well, people don't know what the McGill Big 3 are, so let's tell them. YouTube, it, it is the curl up, the uh, side plank, and the bird dog. And when done correctly, you will be... Uh, sweating a lot for sure so yeah. no doubt. <laughs> um and yeah so i think those are the big keys with that and i think even if you have a flat stomach doesn't mean you're gonna have abs um genetics does play a, a factor in it mm-hmm. um i know you know i played basketball with a guy in high school and he had mcdonald's like multiple times a a week and he still had probably the best eight pack i've ever seen and uh you know, you hate people like that, but it's but, unbelievable. But genetics does play a role. I mean, some people, like I'm one of those people, I naturally keep weight around my hips. Mm. And I, when I did a fitness show many moons ago, I still didn't have the best. Now, one of the things I talked about is I didn't actually properly hypertrophy train the abs properly back then. But I had to get down to very, very low body fat just to have the even the appearance of abs. For me, it's very difficult because my genetics, and I've talked about this before, I actually have very bad genetics for growing muscle. Like I have bad muscle building genetics. I have proof of it. And of course, so what does that mean? Well, that means if your abs are seen, you know, if, if having muscular abs is a good way to see them, well then you're gonna have a hell of a time. <laughs> so for me, it's gonna be a combination of both. Really working on those abs and unfortunately really having to dial in and get down the body fat if I hope to see it. Mm-hmm. Now saying that, I wanna talk for a minute about what body fat percentage you have to be at to actually have a decent looking pair of abs and i'm gonna and i'm gonna use this kind of generically because you know like most people don't even have the slightest they don't have a one pack no less the idea of a four pack i mean if you can never get a four pack you're pretty golden in my opinion six pack awesome eight pack sure now if you want to get an eight pack one of those jacked ripped eight packs a you're going to need to really have the hypertrophy the abs we talked about but yes you are going to have to get down to the 10 percent body fat if you want to have that eight pack where you see the veins the whole nine yards right like you're ready to step on a show and compete however if you properly train the abs to get them deep enough, you can actually have the look of abs at a higher body fat percentage because you just have more muscle, which creates more space, which is, again, just going to pull that skin a little bit more. So uh, one of the members in our class was talking about he wanted to get abs. We were talking about it, and he was like, well, I want to get down to 10%. I'm like, no, you don't need to get down to 10%. And I said, you know, honestly, you, you could get abs at 15 16%. If again, you have the abs to show, not just flat abs where you do have to get down that low. Didn't really quite believe me, but I mentioned to him, you may want to go get a DEXA scan. 
and this was just two weeks ago. And he actually went that week and got a DEXA scan. Like within 48 hours, he got a DEXA wow. scan. It was pretty crazy, yeah. And he came back to me. He's like, yeah, it's crazy. He's like, but check out this photo. And um, he showed it to me, and I said, yeah, I know that guy. And he's like, this guy's got a ripped six-pack at 17% body fat. And I said, yeah. I said, I told you, you don't have to get down to 10% to get a, to get a ripped six-pack. I said, however... What does this guy have that you don't have? He does have quite a bit more muscle mass than you. Like he probably has 10 to maybe 20 pounds more muscle. And that includes abdominal muscles. Like this guy's got pretty, it's obvious that this guy knows how to train his abs properly and he's trained them properly. He's not just, you know, at 17%, if he didn't train the way he does, he wouldn't have those abs, but because he's worked on the hypertrophy for the abs and creating those peaks and valleys, he does have a six pack at a significantly higher body fat percentage than we tend to think of, which again leads us to even the chart we use in our own assessment room is a little bit off by scientific health standards. Like the chart in our room basically says, like when I went from a DEXA scan, no DEXA scan, if you guys don't know, it's the gold standard. It's the, it's the platinum standard. There's nothing on the planet Earth that's better than a DEXA scan. And it's very scientific and they have very scientific graded body fat percentages. And the guy told me, he's like, the problem with a lot of these like commercial and like men's health magazine body fat percentages is they tend to exaggerate like what you need like they tell you and they, they'll put like you need to get 10 percent to see abs he's like it's not true he's like you can actually get good six packs anywhere in the teens he's like you know and even our chart here like according to our chart i am in the it's you know overweight range on the i'm on the borderline there yet according to his chart which is the scientific method he's like yeah i was actually in the low end which is the good end of healthy for and i was beat 80 percent of men in my age group so on our chart it basically i'd be saying hey you got to lose some weight on his chart it's like well if you want to get a six pack you got to lose a little bit extra weight but that's just the difference between sort of the commercial version of, of body fat percentage and the medical version of body fat percentages Mm. Did you want anything to add? Anything to that? I think that's pretty good on that question. Well, let's talk right about you there. for a sec. You are going. Uh, you're going to do a body transformation soon, and obviously that's about abs. So why don't we talk about that for a minute? You were talking about you had Mark. I was going to save that today. for the last question. Oh, are but we? All right. Okay. Um, no, we, yeah, let's talk about it right now. We'll okay. do it right now. Yeah. Um, so I was very successful in a 90-day metabolic program that uh mark does run uh so the first time i did it i went from 285 to 230 and i just posted something on instagram recently saying i want to redo this uh april 25th so i'm looking to get started and grab as many people uh, with the journey as possible and mark even announced this morning on the instagram live he's going to be part of the 90-day program do it himself and we're going to have a bit of a competition to see who comes out on top with the craziest transformation so right. so when's when are you starting that april 25th so april 25th. Yeah, about a month okay. from now and uh pretty excited about that um my first transformation is going to be a tough one to top um um, but I think I can get a lot leaner than what I'm currently at, and it'll keep me motivated and keep everybody else motivated as well. And not to throw some rain on your parade there, but um, if it's a 90-day and you're starting April 25th, that yeah. means you're going to be going through to July the 25th. It won't be the start of summer, but we will no, be going No, but I mean, you'll be in the Philippines right in the middle of that. <laughs> that doesn't sound like much fun. You, you know what? 
I'm gonna make the, there. Well, and I've got my birthday coming up too, so there's a there's a few dates that, but I'm still gonna make it happen. Nice. I always well, do. I got groceries <laughs> there. And I usually try to get us an Airbnb with a kitchen. So yeah. yeah, you should be okay. Maybe I'll do something so crazy before the Philippines. Everybody will say, "Wow!" There you yeah. go. All right. <laughs> um, so number two is uh, how do we stay motivated? Because uh, this person they were asking us like, how do you stay motivated for so long when it comes to training? Because at some point. Now, even I've, you know, I, I've got bored of training every now and then, and I've taken a little bit of time off, but for the most part, it hasn't been very long. Like I will say, I've gone to modes where I've been exercising and not training, but I've always basically trained. So let's talk for you, Marone, because I've been doing most of the talking. So how do you stay motivated to keep training? How long have you been training for? And I mean, I've been training for 18 years now. And, uh, yeah, this is a tough question to answer for me because uh, I know I've always had very specific goals at every single age. It didn't matter what. I know I started off with basketball goals. I wanted sports-specific. Then I switched into team bodybuilding. I did that for five years. And then I went right into powerlifting. And then into the deadlift so i've always had numbers that i've wanted to hit and then i think if you've got reasons to get out of bed that's going to get you motivated right if you're just general i want to get healthy or i want to get fit that doesn't really mean anything when you get very specific like i have in the past i mean uh when i was looking to hit that 800 pound deadlift in competition i was so obsessed with that number and i knew you know i had the program all laid out you know 12 weeks before and i knew what kind of accessory exercises i'm doing so i've always had the plan and i think a lot of people just go around in circles because they don't really know what they want so i think that's step one is just knowing what you want yeah i think i agree with that definitely i think I think knowing your why, like why do you want to be in shape, you know, uh, is a big one. And that why could change over time, you know, for what, for the longest time, you know, your why is about you. And then you kind of have a kid and then your why is still about me, but it's also like about your kid because you want to have fun with the kid. You want to travel. Like for me, it's like I like traveling. I like doing fun stuff. And to me, your body is the ultimate expression of how much fun you can have. If you go to Bali or the Philippines or Thailand and you're like 20 or 30 pounds overweight and low energy and feel like crap, testosterone is dropping, you're just not going to have as much fun. I mean, end of the story, long story short, you're not. You're just not, you know, that more, those Muay Thai classes are just going to feel a lot harder than they really need to. Mm. Um, definitely having goals and resetting your goals all the time. Even after all these years, I still have goals. Like I kind of have an idea. I'd like to get one, like I've talked about before, one of those um, deadlift, um, you know, little medals. Get that medal. Yeah, yeah, the deadlift medal. I'd like to get that. Um, I have physique goals that I like to hit partially for my career because it will help with um, marketing. Long story short, you know, no brainer there. Um, but also just because I like the way I feel and I enjoy it. Um, so for me, it's all about goals. And then at the same time, it's also teaching, you know, Damon, my kid. He's in jiu-jitsu and stuff, and even he, he put up a little piece of paper the other day that he wrote fitness. He wrote fitness equipment store, and he pretended our living room was an equipment store. And he loves coming. He loves exercising. He'll show me how he does his push-ups and all that. So, again, it's a good influence for him. Um, but it really is. It's, it's also discipline. It's just you reach a point where I think it's almost a chemical thing in your brain. Like if I don't get the workouts, I just start to feel like crap. My energy drops. And for me, it just, it, they help bring me and they stabilize me and they just bring me to normal. Like mm. even I'm one of those people, even when I go on vacation, now, on vacation, I'm not necessarily training. And we've talked before about the difference between training and exercising. So I'll swim and I'll do lots of stuff, but I'm always exercising just because it makes you feel good. I mean, it is part of my jet lag protocol, but at the same time, I just like 
the way I feel when you exercise. And you'll then, like it better when you get results too. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> you'll really, be addicted to it. Yeah, and I mean, I just that's what I focus on. I focus on the way I feel and how it makes me feel. Like, do I enjoy every single workout when I'm doing? Actually, I don't really mind them, but no, I won't like not every single one. Today, I went in the gym. Actually, uh, today is a good example. I went to the gym and I started doing a couple exercises, and I just wasn't feeling. I've been doing a lot of um, like like pump stuff lately, and today I just felt depleted. I was just like just not feeling like I want to do a bunch of eccentric stuff today. And I was like, you know what I do want to do? Because again, this is the thing, right? You can change it and make it fun too. I was like, you know what I haven't done in a long time and I really got to get back into it is just some explosive power training. You and me were working on the power stuff yesterday mm-hmm. and I was like, shit, man, there's some great workouts. <laughs> I was like jealous of our own programming. <laughs> so I went today and I just, and I put it up on my Instagram too. You can go look. I just did pure concentric power exercises today, right? I did um, dumbbell cleans followed by heavy kettlebell swings with power poles. I did some med ball slams. And it wasn't long. I think I maybe did 40 minutes power. And then I went and did some really good focused ab exercises. But I just, I switch it up. If there's days I don't feel like it, um, that's why it's great to have so many skills, right? Like I love hitting the heavy bags. So mm-hmm. with the days where I want to get in more cardio or whatever, I do heavy bag stuff and I love it. So I can mix it up. And that's the thing. If you're bored with what you're doing, maybe it's because you're just doing the same thing a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like anybody, if you're, if you're bodybuilding, I, I can only imagine at some point it probably gets a little bit boring. But imagine if you're like, okay, I know a lot about bodybuilding and I know quite a bit about powerlifting and I know kickboxing and I know some Krav Maga, and I know rowing, and I know sprints and all this stuff. I mean, you can have a lot of fun with your workouts the more you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so I compared also, like I said, how I feel to cold showers. Like, I, I, I'm a big fan of cold showers. Now, I don't enjoy the cold shower when I'm in it. Like, when you're in the cold shower, it sucks. It, the, it never really gets a lot easier, and it sucks. But it's that feeling when you come out. It's like this fog's lift. It's just clear. You're, it's like better than any cup of coffee. So that's what I think about when I'm in the cold. When I'm in the cold shower and I'm going, man, I fucking hate this cold shower. I remember how much I love that feeling after. It's the same thing for me with exercise. I just love the way it makes you feel. And then, of course, inspiration. You know, inspiration's another one. There are days, you know, especially for me when it comes to diet sometimes, I, eh, a little slack. So, you know, right on my fridge right now, and I've shown it again on my Instagram and my YouTube, I have a uh, laminated picture of Jason Momoa's Aquaman. So some of those nights when I'm like, I feel like I'm, you know, I want to go, oh, I want to buy some chocolate almonds or you know, a little extra snack. There's Jason Momoa saying, don't you do it. You know, I got another one of Frank Grillo. And again, it's because I want to do a photo shoot coming the end of April too, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping those on there as inspiration. Another one, and I'll be honest, another one I did for the longest time is I just used to have when I was in my 20s. Um, or maybe even probably even my early 30s, you know, I would have like these like bikini girls on my arm on my iPad thingy going around, you know, so <laughs> we at the gym looking in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, okay. I tell guys, listen, I go, if you feel like you don't want to work out that day, just go to Instagram and check out some of those IG models. <laughs> You'll all want to go to the gym. I mean, your testosterone bumps up a few points right there. <laughs> Oh man, for each throne, right? I mean, I think for um, just your environment plays a huge factor mm-hmm. too, right? So I, I, 
for me like i can go on spotify um listen to you know gym motivation if you look that up there's good speeches like you can do the drive uh to the gym uh really makes a difference in terms of your mindset just hearing other people talk about you know their struggles and how they've overcome them and then that just gets you in the right state of mind going into that gym session right so those are small little tricks you can do but those are something you don't want to rely on but you know at the end of the day whatever it takes to get those good workouts and just keep that momentum going and i talk about that a lot you can't like things like you just can't rely on loud cranking music all the time yeah to be honest i rarely work out to loud music myself Uh, most of the time i'm actually working out with a podcast on Mm. or some music but it's really for the most part i when i go in what i really like to do and i've talked about this before is i really like to it's almost like i'm like a muscle monk i just really like to focus on each and every rep i really focus on the eccentric i focus on every time i'm in i just focus on perfecting each and every single rep forever and i treat it like just an ongoing challenge for every time i go into the gym you know, can I throw that punch a little bit better? Can I get the kick a little bit smoother? Can I bring down that bar just to the exact perfect angle? So mm-hmm. it really switches things up. Cool. Uh, number, th- uh, what are we? Number three. How do you stay fit when you are busy AF? You know, nine to five, you leave at eight in the morning, you're in traffic, you do your thing, you come home, it's like six o'clock at night, maybe you got the kids, maybe you got the career, you know, age, is it just, you know, you're just busy, are you too old to stay fit? Like, how how do you do it? How do you do it, Adam? What would you tell somebody who says, you know, I'm just too busy, man, to stay fit? I mean, (laughs) there's a couple quotes, you know, there's somebody busier at the gym, or somebody who is, um, sorry, it's there's a quote out there somewhere. Well, it's a quote. I can't remember, but there's basically the most powerful CEO can still work out, but somehow you President can't. President of the United yeah, States. Yeah, you can't can find a way to get, you know, 30 minutes to 60 minutes to get a workout in. I mean, if you put it in that perspective, I guarantee you they've got, you know, secretaries and all kinds of things, meetings all day, but somehow they make it happen. Even The Rock, you hear him talk about working out at like 3 a.m. and he's got to be on set for 12, 15 hours. He and still they literally makes it happen. Do. I've been on sets. Like, you're there all day. It's terrible. Yeah, so if it means that much to you, you will definitely make it happen. And, um, you know, it drives me nuts when I hear people. It's like, oh, you're so lucky you have time to work out. I mean, you make the time. <laughs> you, make the time. <laughs> you wake up earlier. Uh, a lot of people start their days at, you know, 7, 8 o'clock. You know, you can <laughs> definitely start yeah. your days a lot earlier than that to if that means uh, you want to get in shape and get those goals going. I mean, I got a good example. Um, back one of my most terrible jobs in my life. I've had a number of terrible jobs, but probably one of the most physically demanding jobs and just a terrible job is work was working in a factory called Amcan Castings. We made car parts, and this worked on what was called continental shifts, which was twelve-hour shifts. Um, and I used to live in St. Catharines, and I'd have to drive to Burlington. So it was about a 50-minute drive, right? So I'd have to, the shift was either 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So the way it worked is you went two days, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., then you had a couple days off, then you came back for three straight nights. And then you would get a day and like a day and a half off, and then you'd 
then there'd be like two more nights and then three days. It was terrible. So every week, you, you couldn't even get in, even 12 hours. If it was 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. or 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., if it was solid, at least you could figure out your sleep. Mm-hmm. But this was a job where it's like two days or you would work days. The two, three nights, you'd work nights, and then you go back to like two nights and then three days. Like it was all over the place, and that went on forever. <laughs> like, and yet I still managed to go to the gym. You'd be standing, and I'm not joking, like there was no seats in a factory. You'd stand at the machine with the big cast piece, and you know, everybody there had like t- wrist tensors on because you just end up getting carpal tunnel no matter what you do. Because I just remember this one machine, you know, you'd have to take the, the cast, the piece of the rough part of the car, put it on the machine, you'd kind of clip the clips on. It would spin around. The lubricant would be shooting on your face and the little hot specs because the drills would be shooting hot specs on you so you had to wear safety glasses. It was You know, you just wore the most terrible, ugly, beat-up clothes. Like You just you just shopped the Value Village because mm. you couldn't wear anything nice because it would get ruined. And you would do that for 12 hours a day. And you got a 15-minute break after three hours. There was something like a 35 or 40-minute lunch break and then another like 15-minute at the end of the day. Yet, through that time, all through that time, from the days where I used to just work at Blockbuster, which was the easiest, fun job in the world, to the worst job at the factory, I still was going to the gym on a regular basis all the time. Again, that comes down to a lot of people think you need to do an hour workout to be effective. And the truth is you don't. You don't need an hour. Lots of workouts can be done in half an hour. Now, saying that... By now, you must have heard of all the amazing benefits of hitting the sauna at least a couple times a week. From decreasing chronic stress, boosting muscle, increasing deep tissue and brain detoxification, improving sleep, relieving pain, and even helping you live longer. That is quite the list, and that is not even close to all the benefits. But there are huge differences in the quality of infrared saunas. Differences that can literally be the difference between getting healthier or getting sicker. I mean, do you really think you can hop onto Alibaba and order some cheap sauna from some untraceable factory in China and expect it to be solid quality? I think you know that answer. And this is why you need to invest in only the best infrared sauna money can buy. And those are Radiant Health Saunas, a trusted Western Canadian home sauna brand. Founder Randy Gom has completed third-party comprehensive 100-point health testing on his saunas, covering everything from toxic chemicals and fumes to electronic radiations. He has made sure there is zero off-gassing, zero toxins, equal heat distribution, and only uses pure Canadian hemlock wood with the absolute lowest near-zero EMFs possible. Ridiculously clean even heat distribution no toxins nearly zero emfs with one and two person models that can be plugged directly into your existing home wall outlets cost about only 40 cents to run for an entire hour and there's a model to fit any space you have we want to make sure you get only the best infrared sauna and radiant health saunas is the clear winner bar none and are one of the best investments you can make to your long-term health Check them out at www.radianthealthsaunas.com. Then once you know which model you want, tell them that the Fitness Essentials podcast sent you and you will save $500 off any wooden model. Yes, you heard that right. $500 off any wooden model of their top quality infrared saunas. And now with that said, let's get back to Fitness Essentials. 
you have to take other considerations in. Okay, so if you are only going to be able to work out for 30 minutes three times a week, then you got to make sure those workouts are really effective and your programming is quite good. You also have to make sure you do have to dial in your nutrition even more. I mean, you have to have your nutrition dialed in. And one of the biggest ones that nobody talks about is you have to have your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis dialed in. So I'd say to this guy, you know, we got to make sure you're tracking your steps. If you work in an office all day and you're sitting down, then we got to do things to get a standing desk. We got to start investing in things that will help you move more without being at the gym, move more at home, move more at work. And that's kind of uh, where that is. But there really is no excuse. I mean, especially in Canada, the United States, I mean, in in the the G1 countries like we live in, man, there's no excuse. There's food delivery services, there's smoothies, there's protein shakes. When I lived in Indonesia, man, because when I first moved, one of the first places, you know, I lived in Asia after Hong Kong and Taiwan. The first one I stayed at for the longest was Indonesia. Just a tub of whey protein there is about $150. So I I stopped using whey protein. I (laughs) bought one, and I believe me, I made that sucker last. But, you know... Here in Canada, it's like you can get one for $40, you know, $50. It might not be the most amazing quality, but, I mean, you could still get them. I mean, I would have killed for a Walmart, you know, Red Star, (laughs) Six Star whey protein when I was living in Indonesia. I'll tell you that. No excuse here. We got blenders. We got Nutri blenders for $99. We got got deep, you know, what, air fryers for $59. I mean, it's there's no excuse. You're making excuses, but there is. There's no reasons, but there's excuses. For there's sure. somebody at the gym who is busier than you right now. 100%. That was the quote I was looking for 10 minutes ago. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Like you said, you don't, you, you take the time, you make the time, you create the time, but you figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, number four, this is going to be a fun one. What is, in our opinion, the best diet? Whoa. Man, I don't even know where to start. This this could be uh, a man. this could be an entire podcast. So let's try to not make it too long. Uh, I'll let you start, and then I'm I'll... gonna I'm gonna just make it simple with what gave me the best results, and that was uh, with the 90 day metabolic mastery program. And um, for me personally, I know uh, when I did lower the carbs and hired the fats, there um, that gave me the best results, the most energy, and lowest body fat percentage. So I can't argue against the results. I'm not saying that's the um, best diet for everybody, and uh, my protein was pretty i wouldn't say on the high end it was just sort of average there maybe a bit above average um but uh it's not not for everybody but that was the best results i've ever gotten in my life and the best i've ever felt and uh, that's the blueprint that i think works best for me yeah so let's just uh, what we'll say is this the best diet plan for you is the one that you can a stick to um, B takes all the personalization, your personal attributes into account. You know the micronutrients you need, the genetic factors that you may need, um, the way your gut biome works, your metabolism, all that sort of stuff. So that works with your lifestyle and gives you all the nutrients you need. Now, saying that, I always tell people that you know, for me, from a lean and fitness point of view, I always believe that protein should be your anchor 
and then you play around with your other numbers around that. So for me, I'm the opposite of you to a point. If I like, if you put a gun to my head and say, "Okay, you got to go right now and pick a book off the shelf," that's the best diet plan. It would be the there's a book out there called the Mediterranean Diet. That's what it's called. So it's basically the Mediterranean diet meets the traditional Asian diets. And I'm like, I've been all throughout Asia. Those people are not overweight. And yet they can't yeah. tell you. They, they cannot tell you anything. Like if you sat with the average person in Thailand or China, just said, hey, how do you stay? Tell me what you eat. They go, I don't know. We just eat our food. <laughs> they can't. They don't know. They don't know anything we're going to talk about right now. Right? Like mm-hmm. all this whole conversation would be completely irrelevant for them. So I think I could sit there and quote, okay, well, let's look at the DASH diet. The Mediterranean diet has again and again come up as, you know, quote unquote, the best diet to as far as, say, cancer prevention goes, as far as heart disease goes, as far as stroke goes, as far as cardiovascular risk goes. However, if somebody doesn't like that kind of diet or like somebody like you, you said, you don't do well on rice and things like that, the Mediterranean diet is probably not one for you. However, I tend to go on the higher carb side myself, although I am going to start playing around a little bit in the near future. with. My, I'm never going to go low carb because I don't like it. I have an A-type personality and it stresses me out. It gives me, I don't like it. Um, but I'm going to probably play around with, I'll give you an example for this week. Like I drink a lot of um, Thai coffees in the morning. And Thai coffee is basically black coffee with a ton of, um, uh, what's that, what's that? Uh, milk, that milk that you get, condensed milk, which is just really sweet, right? <laughs> and, then some, and then some milk inside that. Um, I just, I've been cutting out that. I'm like, you know what, let's cut out all that condensed milk and I'm just drinking my coffee with milk. So I'm going to play around with dropping my calories overall, you, you know, I guess you could argue. But, you know, so kind of cutting down on the carbs a little bit. And, uh, but also, I'm also cutting down on the fat quite a bit. For instance, I took the skin off my chicken this week. So I'm actually going to play around with cutting down on both. But at the end of the day, I think some principles that you can say is this. You want to make sure that you are getting in. Uh, your calories going to be most important. Making sure that your calories in are lower than your calories out if you're trying to maintain or lose weight. Um, that protein is your anchor and that you figure out how much protein you need based again on your lifestyle factors and then you figure out really what you do better carbs or fats around that providing that you probably shouldn't drop your uh, fats below 20 percent when they get below 20 percent you start experiencing a lot of hormone problems right testosterone can drop and you get a lot of stuff people find their hair their skin their nails starts to get dry so you don't want to be dropping, you know, really below about 20% fat. Saying that, again, same thing with carbs quite often. People find below 20% carbs, their energy starts to drop. So you got to play with it. But I would say as safe, safety, I would not go below 20% on the fat, at least for a long period. Making sure your food choices are, for the most part, very high nutrient and low to moderate calorie. Which again is what? Lots and lots of vegetables, greens, leaves, like watercress is probably one of my favorites. Mm. Green onion, tons of vegetables, getting in, you know, really good low calorie, high nutrient fruits like berries and stuff like that is awesome too. Um, and then, yeah, there, but there really is no best diet for anyone. Like, I, like your diet, I would not enjoy. And mm. my diet, you probably wouldn't get as great results with. Yeah. So. 
So yeah. it comes to, I think, trial and error. And um, obviously, if you do have the money for it or you want that investment, you can find the results through science as well for what's best for you. So Yeah. Now, I will say this. I asked a question the other day on stories and because um, this is what I'm going to be doing a post on this at some point. And I said, you know, is healthy eating boring? And quite a few people said, yes, it is. And I do not agree with that whatsoever. Again, Again, that's, what's your point of view of healthy eating, though? Because some people might say, well, healthy eating is no carbohydrates, and that's boring. Mm. Or healthy eating is no fat, and that's boring. It's chicken and broccoli to most yeah, people. Yeah, it was actually, that's <laughs> what it is. That is boring. So <laughs> most people's idea of healthy eating, like you said, is chicken, broccoli, and brown rice. And yes, that is boring. So first thing you got to do is change your idea on what is healthy eating. Um, and healthy eating is, at the end of the day, is really, like I said, your calories in, your calories out, getting your protein. Um, but you can make, like... Thai food is one of the healthiest foods in the world for the most part. And it's also known as one of the, well, it is known as the tastiest food in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, Indian food for the most part, some of the Indian food can be very, very healthy. Uh, and a lot of it's vegetarian too, right? So again, I think if you're willing delicious. to put in the time to make the food, or if you've got some, if you, we just grabbed a chef, you know, top one in Canada and said, make some healthy food for the week. I guarantee you'd love it. It's just, are you willing to do it yourself? Yeah. Fool <laughs> around with spices and herbs. I mean, just start learning stuff. Take some Ayurvedic cooking classes, take some Thai cooking classes. And then what you can do is you can start taking out the, 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 the more unhealthful aspects. Like maybe with the Thai, they use a lot of like say veg, cheaper vegetable oils or palm oil. Switch that with coconut oils and stuff like that, right? Like you can't. Mm -hmm. I'm even showing, teaching the wife a little things how to tweak things. You know, one of the things the Thais love that in their food, and whether well, you could argue this either way, but they love to throw MSG in all their food. Like <laughs> even the wife last week, she bought MSG. I'm like, why are you buy that? She thinks like, the food tastes better. I'm like, it doesn't change the flavor at all. Mm -hmm. Now, studies. Some people say MSG is fine. Some people say it's not fine. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm like, again, I'm like, if it doesn't do anything for the flavor, and it's and it's not doing anything positive health-wise. I just don't see the point of adding it. I mean, to me, it just make, it just, it's kind of like a useless ingredient. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, learn how to cook well. Learn how to eat well. Like, uh, my breakfast today was awesome. Um, like, it could have been boring, but I made a really good uh, whole grain pancake. And in it, I used a scoop of banana protein powder. And I made some fresh pandan juice last week. Should have talked about it. I poured that in. So I had this, like, bright green pancake, and it was so good. Right, like I love it. It's the furthest thing from boring, right? So cool. Well, that wraps it up, guys. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Of course, if you did, we are recording this as always from the Essentials of Athletics Training Center right here in Vancouver, British Columbia, where we do a uh, small group training classes, strength and conditioning, personal training, specialty programs. We got our you know Metcom program. We got your Strong AF uh, you know strength program you're working on, and some other programs we got coming down the pipeline. Of course, you can always also check us out on YouTube. We are upping our YouTube game, but probably the number one place to catch up with us would be our Instagram, which because uh, we did we'd update it almost every single day. We're doing mm -hmm. lots of fun stuff on there, uh, like uh, our new EOA Minute, which is our little kind of body break style uh, show, which is kind of fun. Um, and that can be found at just at Essentials of Athletics. I know it's very long. But make sure you spell all that correctly. <laughs> it's a tricky one. Uh, you can also find me, of course, at Roar Alexander on Instagram. And where can they find you, Adam? 
I mean, I just switched my name. It's oh. formally that deadlift dude, but you can find me under Coach Adam Colorado. Um, and then I am looking up what I literally just switched my name to. Because Why did we my... switch our name, Adam? Because I want to work on body transformations right mm. now. I mean, I found a lot of success with that in the past. I've helped a lot of people with that. And uh, yeah, the Fit Body Maker is what I'm going by now. So oh, just the out Fit in, Body Maker. Yeah. So at the Fit Body Maker. Yeah. So oh, if you're looking for a nutrition tips and tricks and we're still going to go with some strength training and you'll see some of my personal stuff that is the place to be great all right guys well if you enjoyed this episode as always if it's on apple uh, or spotify now for that matter please give us a five star rating uh if you don't want to give us a five star rating then don't give us a rating at all because even four stars does not help the show. It really hurts the show. Um, so I'm also available on YouTube and, of course, on Apple. I don't think on Spotify, but on Apple, you can also give us a nice review. So if you don't want to be a troll and you want to be cool, please toss us a review. And until next time, we're here to help you get stronger in the gym so you can live better outside the gym. Talk to you later. Take care, guys. <laughs>